now I'm like believing like everyone's out to get me. <laughs> so watch that rabbit hole. We've gotta watch, about gotta this, watch Chris. So I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this off and see if it resets the algorithm again and see what I get next time. Hey guys, welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved. But we are here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is Chris Roby, and over there is Carly Duke. Hey guys. And today we're going to be talking about, to kind of extend our conversation around mental health and uh, well-being about trauma triggers. I feel like this is probably in the popular vernacular, but not super understood. <laughs> Um, and so we're going to talk through uh, kind of what this means to be triggered. Right. I think we were talking about earlier. I think you hear people say I'm triggered or that's a trigger for me almost flippantly. Mm -hmm. And so what actually is a trigger? Because it's not just when something rubs you the wrong way or when something that annoys you or something that makes you uncomfortable. That is not an actual trigger. Mm -hmm. And what I think, too, is it's important that we we note that because I, I know that mental health skeptics and people who are cynical about people talking about mental health will um, denigrate the word trigger. Like they'll kind of make fun of people because mm -hmm. it's, they think it's overused. It's, it's something that's used as an excuse for not, not coming to work or not engaging with how you, how you should. So understanding what this term means is really, really important. Right. So for someone who has a history of trauma, a trigger is something that reminds them of that traumatic experience. And it can actually make them feel like they're experiencing that trauma all over again. Mm -hmm. So it can take form in a lot of different ways. But what I thought was so fascinating as I was looking at this is I found this almost trauma cycle hmm. that many people can get stuck in. So that's where they experience a trauma. Then later on, they experience a trigger, which re-traumatizes them. Then they react and or blame to that trigger. Then they either cope or avoid. Then sometimes they feel like they're back under control that's kind of controlling quotes, then another trigger happens and they hmm. start all over again. And it's the cycle of trigger, re-traumatization, coping, trauma, re like, and it just goes on and on and on. And so we wanted to talk about what are triggers. If you know a teenager who has been traumatized or has mm -hmm. gone through something really difficult, what can that look like? And then also maybe some ways that we can help them cope with that. So if they are triggered instead of avoiding it, and starting that cycle over, they can cope with it. Because hopefully the goal is maybe not even that those triggers go away, but that when they're faced with the trigger, they know what to do so that they can move on. Yeah, it's much easier to deal with it if you know what's happening. Yes. And so so identifying these triggers um, will hopefully get us out of these cycles and our teenagers out of these cycles. Because to me, when I look at that cycle, that's a, that's a bad place to be. It's a lot of energy to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And so trying to not um, fall into it through a, a trigger that you are really aware of could be really, really helpful. So Carly, talk a little bit about, we, we have internal and external triggers. Talk to right. some about the internal triggers. So an internal trigger is something like a memory or physical sensation or an emotion. So it's something that happens internally that could be anger or anxiety. Like if you feel anxious, that could re-trigger to another time you felt anxious in a trauma. Mm. Um, it could be memories it could be if you experience pain and your trauma was you experienced pain previously that could re-trigger you. Muscle tension, even a pounding heart. Like hmm. If your heart rate gets up, that could put you back. That could trigger something. You see these often in people who experience PTSD. Hmm. So they feel like they're just right back where they were anxious or 
in fight or flight and that can re-trigger them and trigger all these memories and emotions that came with that original trauma. Yeah. So the emotions <laughs> bring you back to the time that the emotions were super intense through that trauma. That's yes. incredible. Externally, um, this could be media that you see that reminds you of that situation. It could be a time of day, a significant day, sound, smells, locations. I know for me, sometimes it's music. Mm -hmm. It's the song that I heard <laughs> right around that di that difficult time. Um, or even a like you talk about smells. I mean, I, I can I can think about certain smells that I would engage with that would bring me back, and I didn't realize it. And right. I'm all of a sudden, I'm super worked up. The, the human body is a, is a finicky thing. Mm -hmm. It really <laughs> we, is. We have to really re remind ourselves that we are sensitive to all of these things. And um, understanding that what these triggers come from or what, what do they do to us is really important. Right. And so when we can help teenagers recognize this is a trigger for me, so to be aware of that so that they can have tools that they know when this happens, I'm ready. If it's something like a time of day or a significant day, then you almost know that's coming. If you can predict it's coming, mm -hmm. that's helpful. But one thing that's popular right now are trigger warnings. And so I see these on social media a lot where it'll say, trigger warning, we're about to talk about something. If you have dealt with suicide in the past, please skip this story. Mm -hmm. Don't read this post. Mm -hmm. I see that a lot. And one of the articles I read, and I'll post it, basically said these are sometimes helpful, but it can also lead to avoidance. Right. And so they're not always helpful. And I think you mentioned earlier, Chris, sometimes it's clickbait. Mm -hmm. This is a way to get people to be like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about mm -hmm. and not actually give a significant trigger warning. You'll see this on shows. I feel like 13 Reasons Why has put some trigger warning type or at least caution mm -hmm what they're about to show. So if that's something you've dealt with, you know, um, but that's something to watch for as well. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's important to be aware if you have gone through some kind of trauma, um, you know, if you're just not quite ready to engage with it yet, if you see that trigger warning, even if you know, I need to deal with this eventually, if you're not ready, definitely turn that channel mm -hmm. or find something else to listen to. Right. So getting into actually coping with the triggers and um, we wanted to talk through some tools that could help you or help a teenager that you work with cope with a trigger. Um, the first one is social support. So whether that's friends, family, or mental health professionals, knowing that you have people around you who know what's going on and can help support you, even if you're not really sure when your trigger's coming, knowing, hey, just so you know, this is something that's happened to me. If you see this, be aware. I need someone to ask if I'm okay. I need someone to maybe help get me to another room or get me to a safe place. Right. If that's the case. Another one is deep breathing. Um, one is uh, box breathing. And there's, matter of fact, we were talking about this ahead of time. I, I want to do a whole episode on deep breathing. <laughs> uh -huh. I've become more and more fascinated with this idea of like, sometimes thinking it'd be better if we just breathe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and it's like the most basic human function, but understanding the power of your breath and bringing that anxiety down when you are triggered. One thing is just validating your feelings. So a lot of times maybe teenagers or people in general, if they know there's a trigger coming, they're like, no, that's just, I'm going to power through. That's not going to be a trigger for me anymore. Maybe that's not the answer. Maybe the answer is this is a trigger for me. I recognize it. I name it. So now that I know it's coming and can kind of take power away from that trigger. Mm -hmm. And so making sure you don't just brush over those feelings, but really validate it. Uh, we can focus on our senses, our, our seeing, hearing, touch, smell, taste. So just basically what, what am I seeing right now? What am I hearing? What am I feeling? Um, being very in touch with the 
the very basics and it goes back to the breathing thing of just mm-hmm. the, the very basics of being alive um, helps kind of isolate that trauma, isolate that trigger to where it, you can name it better, like you said, with validating those feelings. You have five, four, three, two, one written here. Talk about yeah, that. Yeah. So one thing I saw in this article was they encouraged, like you start with five. So I'm going to name, close your eyes, name five things I hear, five things I smell, five mm. things I can touch, taste, see, and then you move on to four hmm. and you come up with four things and then three and you kind of do this countdown and you do it. And most of the time they were saying, by the time you get to one, your body has calmed down. You feel more present. You're not back in, especially if this trigger put you back in where you feel like you're being traumatized again, it helps you remain present. Hmm. It helps keep you grounded. And so not even coming up with one thing, but kind of count doing a countdown through that as well can be helpful. Another thing is you can think positively for 12 seconds. Hmm. So episode 20, we talked about constructive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a really good one to listen to if you missed that. But for 12 seconds, that's all it takes to change an attitude. Think mm-hmm. positively. And that seems so silly, but there can be so much power in that. Well, there's power in our thoughts mm-hmm. and our thoughts define so many things. So if, if, if it is all negative thoughts all the time, that's kind of the way we're going to go. And so um, even that 12 seconds of positive thinking might be disruptive enough right. to that trigger um, to where things might settle out and become better. Mm-hmm. Another one is a weighted blanket. If you've never heard of these, they can be incredibly helpful. Man, they can put me to sleep. My wife bought me a 20-pound <laughs> weighted blanket for oh Christmas. goodness. I can only use it in the wintertime because <laughs> otherwise I'll sweat to death. But, yeah, but it's it's something else. I never thought I would really enjoy it, but, yeah, you get you get underneath it and you're, you're out. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and then finally, which is one I obviously love, but laughter mm-hmm. can make a big difference. And so surrounding yourself with people who can make you laugh and who can recognize this is what's going on and how can I help is a big one. And so these are things that we want you to be aware of that hopefully are tools that you can also pass on to a teenager who might have gone through trauma and feel triggered. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second to talk about an exciting new campaign that Teen Life is running now through September 10th. So as you all know, this has been a difficult year and especially last year was a difficult school year. And as we are getting ready For a new school year, we are ready to regroup and Teen Life is ready to relaunch our support groups on campuses after a year where we were having to do a lot of virtual groups. Yes, uh, nothing beats in person. And uh, we are so excited to be able to step back on campuses and to work with students through some of the issues we've been talking about these last couple of weeks with mental health, with trauma, with all the things that come along with being a teenager during a pandemic. And so we want to talk to you as our audience members, as our loyal podcast listeners about jumping on as monthly donors to Teen Life. And it doesn't take much. Uh, We are soliciting as many $15 and $25 a month donations as we possibly can. And not only that, we're going to give you back something in return. I'm not going to lie. I am so excited about this t-shirt that we designed specifically for this campaign. You can't get it anywhere else. So... Now through September 10th, if you go to teenlife.ngo slash regroup, you can find out all the information you can give on that site and jump on and you can personally sponsor and support a student so that they have someone to connect with on their school campus. We can't do it without you. Help us regroup for this fall. So Carly... Do you remember where you were on 9-11? Obviously, we, we established last 
episode that we we have an age difference. <laughs> so <laughs> we would, fine. yeah, we would have experienced this for very different lenses. But do you remember about anything on September 11th? I do. Um, I was a fourth grader. Does mm-hmm. that make you feel old? It, many other <laughs> things make me feel old. <laughs> I was a fourth grader, and I vividly remember sitting in class and someone coming in and whispering in our teacher's ear. And I, I'll never forget her face. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was 20 years ago. I'll never forget her face. And I had no idea what was going on. And then I remember leaving school early and going home and my parents sitting down and explaining what had happened and explaining what was going on in our country and watching that on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something, even as I was younger, it's something I'll never, ever forget. And it's difficult to explain. What's weird I think for me is that our teenagers now weren't even alive mm-hmm. when this happened. Yeah, I was uh, I was in my very first professional job out of, out of college. Uh, matter of fact, I, I think I was just a couple months into it. Way back when, before I was in any kind of nonprofit, I was in athletic training. And so I was at this clinic and maybe they had the TVs on that morning that something had happened. But then I had to go out and drive and do a bunch of work. And so I was listening to it on the radio. So I was listening to commentators explain, you know, something I couldn't see right. the whole day long. And I remember, you know, hearing about it all morning long, I got back to the clinic around lunch and they just sent us home, mm-hmm. like just go home. And I'd never had that happen before where it was obvious that the fear and um, devastation that this brought meant just go be with your families. We mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. It was pretty scary. It was definitely scary. And I just think, like I said, it's so fascinating because this is something that our teenagers now are learning about in history books, Mm -hmm. but it's something that we lived. Mm -hmm. And so as we come up on the 20th anniversary this weekend, um, we wanted to talk through a little bit. First of all, History Channel is releasing four new documentaries starting Mm -hmm. this Friday, the 10th. And so that's something that if your teenager has questions about it, because I'm sure we're going to be talking about it a lot, our country is going to be remembering a lot this weekend. So maybe that's something that you can show them what pick a documentary mm-hmm. to watch with your family. Um, but we want to talk about some ways that we can honor September 11th this year mm-hmm. and some things that you can do to talk about this with your students or with your kids. So similar to what we just did, first of all, share with your kids where you were 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fascinating. I love, I, this is not, a positive event, but it's so interesting to hear because everyone had a different experience with that day. Mm-hmm. What was that day like for you? Because it also puts it in perspective of this isn't just history, but they can actually talk to people who experience this. And so have that conversation with them through your own experience. And one of the things we do in our support groups is we uh, we do this activity where we talk through our our life in general, like big, big turning events, you know, and everyone who's been around long enough has... Um, kind of a collective public event that changed how they think forever. Mm-hmm. And so for your much older generations, it was JFK being assassinated. Like, like my parents can talk about where they were. That was before I was ever born. Right. And just that loss of innocence that happened when, you know, the president was assassinated on national television. It was mm-hmm. one of the first times it ever happened. And then for my generation, I'm, I'm old enough to remember the, the, the challenger blowing up in 1986. And I remember being in the classroom and just like, you know, because there was a teacher on board and we were right. all watching it, you know. And so these collective traumas that happened that 9-11 pandemic, COVID, <laughs> pandemic yeah, and we are still too fresh to talk about that. Um, but these things have collective traumas and some collective triggers. I, I think for me, being far enough past 
one of the things that's really been interesting is um, the events in Afghanistan over the last couple of weeks have been a little bit triggering because I, re- I remember mm-hmm. it kind of takes me back to, you know, when we went to war back 20 years ago. And so um, for a teenager to hear a grown up and their the way they interact with history like that and the way that they're presently interacting with like unfolding history is really it lets them know a few things. One, yeah, we're we're all facing this, but, you know, we're all we're all getting through this too. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. I feel like so fresh because of what's going on in Afghanistan. And um, we're, my family's flying on Saturday. We're flying on September 11th. Uh-huh. And there has been some conversation around, is this safe? Hmm. Some worry there. Airports, our kids will never remember what airports were like before all the security, before having to go You through. walk right up to the gate. and Exactly. Yeah. When I remember when my parents would come home from a trip and we could go meet them at the gate. Mm-hmm. And that's just not a thing anymore. And they'll never know that. And so something after you share, ask your students, what do they know about 9-11? Mm-hmm. Ask them what they've learned, what they've heard, um, especially with what's going on overseas right now. Are there any worries? Is mm-hmm. there anything we can talk through as a family and help or as a classroom to kind of unpack that? Um, just so y'all know, the background that Chris and I come from, I know not everyone probably listening praise or has faith. But one thing I think you can do is be praying for the families who were affected. Mm-hmm. There are still families who 20 years ago, their life was forever changed if they lost someone on that day mm-hmm. or if there are health issues that came from that. We lost first responders. We lost people in the towers. We lost family members and loved ones in planes mm-hmm. that, like you said, that we lost that sense of safety mm-hmm. in our country. And there are some people who this day brings back trauma for a whole different reason, not just because they watched it, because they experienced it. And I have friends who uh, enlisted in the military mm-hmm. and went to Afghanistan and lost friends, lost fellow soldiers, and then also got physically maimed by battle conditions and have PTSD. And so not only is 20 years of 9-11 would be a triggering moment, but also obviously what's happened in Afghanistan over the last couple uh, weeks as well is traumatizing so we want to pray for those who this has affected for 20 years yes and be praying for the current state of afghanistan Mm -hmm. as i look around there's so much information to take in and we can't even cover that it's hard to know even where to start but be praying for the people there be praying for our soldiers who are just trying to figure out what comes next Mm -hmm. and be praying for leaders of our country leaders of afghanistan and and um, we just really want to honor September 11th well this year, especially. Okay, Chris, it's back to TikTok. Oh, TikTok. Carly, I, I got on for a little while. <laughs> Are you off and, again, Chris? Well, I got off again. They got back on again. <laughs> right. The John Mayer TikTok. The John Mayer TikTok. Like, like maybe I'll give this another try. <laughs> now I'm back off again, but I'm sure I'll be back on again. It just has a way of drawing you back in. I, I'm i not as consistent with it as I used to be. And at one point this weekend, I sat down and got on TikTok for the first time in a while. And man, I looked up and Josh was like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, oh, it's been an hour and a half. And I've been sitting here watching TikTok videos just well, laughing I th- at myself. I think, I think part of it is the algorithm doesn't quite get me yet. And so right now it thinks I'm a right-wing <laughs> conspiracy theorist. 
sort of thing. That sort of thing. So I'm saying like, like I don't, I don't know about all this. <laughs> and so, so it's all conspiracy theories. And so, like now, I'm like believing like everyone's out to get me. <laughs> so watch that rabbit hole. We've gotta talked watch, about gotta this. Watch so I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this off and see if it resets the algorithm again and see what I get next time. That's awesome. Well, one thing, a few weeks ago, we created um a reel that you can go find on our social media or on our tiktok team life is on tiktok if you want to go find yes, us find this is great but we talked about the suicide prevention lifeline and i created a reel for that and before i did it i was just kind of searching to see what else is out there about suicide prevention but i found quickly if you put suicide anywhere in the search bar in tiktok it will not pull up any videos hmm. it sends you to this list where the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline comes up, the Crisis Text Line comes up, and then they also have a list of tips and support, which I found fascinating. I never would have known that had I not been searching for it. Um, and so I just wanted to put that out there. If you're a parent who's worried about that, your teenagers cannot search for suicide tips. They're not searching. They're not able to find encouragement based on search results for that. Um, but some of the tips and support that they listed to talk to someone you trust, take a time out, explore activities that make you happy, connect with the world around you, and then reflect on what's important to you. What a strangely responsible thing for a social media company to do. I know. I honestly kind of appreciate it. Yeah. Go yeah. I mean, exactly. To, to know that this is a, this is a, an epidemic among teenagers right now and to do something responsible to point them towards the help that they need. So it's good to know that, that uh, one of the big players is, 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 trying to get out ahead of this mm -hmm. and hopefully some of the other ones as well like instagram and and twitter and others that you know are trying to be socially conscious will will point kids to the right direction here right and to go back to triggers they don't want kids to be triggered right and so i can appreciate that the, instead of showing them that they give resources and encourage them to find help and so that's something that we hope you find helpful as well um you might ask your teenager hey did you know this here's a great list point to a to them on TikTok, they're mm -hmm. probably not necessarily going to the resources that me and you would to find help for suicide or if their friends are, but say, hey, just so you know, TikTok has these resources available if you ever know a friend that needs it. All right, that's a wrap on this one. Thank you so much for listening. A special thanks to Carly Duke and to Kelly Fan for producing this podcast. Also to Luke Cabrera for our awesome podcast music. If you want to know more about Luke and his music, check out his contact info in the description. Well, this podcast is for the helpers, and we really hope you feel helped. If there's something we haven't talked about or a topic that you're really interested in, email us at podcast at teenlife.ngo, and we will do our best to get to that topic. We will see you next week.